you for these two great readings, powerful readings. And we ask by your Holy Spirit that you would uh, speak that word to us with power, that you'd use my lips, my words to speak your word, that you'd open our ears to hear and our hearts to respond to your glory. Amen. Some 20 years ago, Rachel and I went for a job. We'd, uh, we'd been given an, interview, uh, given an interview, invited to an interview, and given an address for the interview near a village north of Reading. So we drove past Reading to the village, we drove through the village and out the other side, and as we drove down this long uh, road, through the glorious beech woods, we gazed around at the amazing beauty that might be surrounding us uh, if we were uh, successful. And then there was the sign, and there was the house. Or was that a gate lodge? Through the great gates, and our wheels uh, crunching through the deep gravel of the long drive to the mellow red-bricked country house nestled in a wonderful garden. This was the place where we would be uh, uh, working and eating if, we, uh, if the interview went to plan. We turned to each other and said, yes, I believe God is calling us to work here. <laughs> the introduction to John's Gospel is something like that. Like a long avenue, it starts back far in the past in the creative heart of God. Echoing the first words of the Old Testament, which anybody who had any of the first readers or listeners of this gospel would have immediately recognized. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the word. Not a word of description like, well, this is a nice kind of place, but a word of action like, you've got the job. To say the words is to do something, to create something, to bring something into being, into life. And as John writes these words, of course he brings his gospel into life, into being. And as God speaks the word of his son, so life and light and love spring into being. And as God speaks the word of his son to us, and as we receive that word in our heart, light and life and love come into being in our heart as well. And that is the baptism service in a nutshell. In him was life. And that life was the light of men and women. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has never understood it. And the darkness has never put it out. Yet to all who received him, like Quinn, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the incredible opportunity and privilege that we have this morning in this baptism service. To hear the powerful, cosmos-creating, life-giving, performative word of God, which spoken over the roiling chaos of matter, 
brought into being all that we see, all that we delight in, all that we love as ordered and as rich and as, uh, um, as creative. Um, everything that is um, powerful and beautiful and discoverable and purposeful. For the word of God clothed itself in flesh, in human flesh, to, to step amongst us and to create relationship with us. Just as Kevin and Danny didn't create a baby just for the interest of seeing what would happen, what would happen to this child, or to admire their own handiwork, but because they wanted the joy and the delight of drawing Quinn into relationship with them. So God is not just a creator. He is also the Father who spoke his Son into our word, into our world, to bring us into relationship with him. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So at the end of the Beach Avenue and the long driveway is the house of God and the smiling figure of his son walking out from the pillars of the porch to greet us. At the conclusion of John's Gospel, this son, of whom we will have heard so much, promises to those who are receiving him that he will accompany them right into the rooms which have been prepared for them in the home of his father. Well, the other scripture that we heard read to us this morning fills out the picture of that son, not with, the, not with all the detail that we would, that we would find if we read uh, the Gospel of John, and I would encourage you to read that Gospel. It won't take you very long, perhaps take you an afternoon. So after you've had your uh, wonderful lunch and you're just settling down in front of the fire, get out the Gospel of John and read the story which has been introduced to you. That's all the detail of his life. In the other passage, we hear, we hear something of the overarching significance of this man, this son. Because this isn't just anybody who's stepping out of the house, out of the home of God to greet us. This isn't just, uh, um, I don't know, a cleaner or a care worker or, um, or a visitor who was passing through at the time. No. This is the son and heir. This is the one with all authority to offer us to us the hospitality of his father. This is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Like John chapter 1, this passage also takes us right back to the beginning. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. So the one to whom we're being introduced here turns out to be the key to our existence, the key to all existence. 
the one for whom and by whom everything was made. That's quite some introduction. He is before all things, and in him all things, including our lives, including Quinn's life, holds together. So if Quinn is looking for, if you are looking for meaning to life, then he holds it. If you want assurance that life is stable, that it isn't random, that it's under control, then he offers it. If you want a relationship which will last, he invites you into it. If you're looking for a doorway that leads back to God, he opens it for us. If, you're, if you need rescuing or healing, he brings it. If you're searching for hope that death is not the end of the story, then he gives it. He gives that hope. So we need to stop looking for answers in the stars or in our paycheck, in popularity or at the bottle of a bottle, bottom of a bottle. We need to come to God's Son. For he is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. Above all, if you want to know who God is, if you want to know the love of your heavenly Father who created you, who weeps over your follies and your struggles and your suffering and delights in your uniqueness, if you want reconciliation with the one from whom you're estranged and to return to the one from whom you've run, then you need to meet his son and he will bring you home. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, his son, and through him to reconcile to himself everything on earth and heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. During the American Civil War, um, a soldier, due to some uh, family tragedy, was given permission to request um, permission um, not to serve as a soldier and to make that request from the President of the United States in person. But arriving at the White House, he was refused entry and sent away. A boy came across him sitting despondently in a nearby park and remarked how unhappy he looked. The soldier poured out his story to this interested youngster. Eventually the boy said to him, listen, you need to come with me. And the de dejected soldier found himself, to his surprise, following this young boy round the back of the White House. None of the guards seemed to stop them, and even generals and high-ranking government officials stood to attention and let them pass through. The soldier was amazed. Finally, they came to the presidential office. Without knocking, the young boy pushed open the door of the Oval Office itself and walked in. Abraham Lincoln was standing there talking with the Secretary of State. But the moment they walked in, 
Abraham Lincoln turned to the boy and said, Todd, what can I do for you? And Todd Lincoln said, Dad, this soldier needs to speak to you. The soldier had access to the president through the president's son. Well, John's gospel introduces us not to the son of any earthly emperor or president, powerful though they may be in our terms, but to the son of God himself. And it is to this son that Quinn's parents have committed him and who waits for us as well. Jesus, the son of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the one and only Son of the Father, the one who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray for a moment. We have seen his glory, the, one, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we open our eyes now to that glory and our heart to that grace and truth. May the blessing of the Son be upon us this morning and every day.